Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, and welcome to episode 25. Feels like a little bit of a milestone. I'm kind of excited about this. Um, so if you're new, thank you for, for tuning in, and if you are returning, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, today we're going to talk a little bit about the voices in our heads, okay? And, or the committee, we're going to talk about it in a few different ways. It's just what I refer to as that sort of group of often disparate thoughts that are always weighing in on your life, right? So whether you're doing a dog sport or maybe you're just, you know, you're vacuuming and all of a sudden, you know, you can hear your grandmother in your head. I don't know. Um, but that the whole voices in your head thing is, is just kind of a concept I use when we want to talk about some old thought patterns or some repetitive thoughts maybe that we have in certain situations and try to find out where that's coming from, right? Because if we want to get our mindset in a place where we can be, confident and consistent and um, really um, understanding our how to set you know the right kind of goals for our dogs and really being a team member to your dog then we have to really understand some of the thoughts that might be blocking us all right and sometimes those thoughts can almost be pinpointed right if you really think about it sometimes you can pinpoint a thought to oh my god that's that voice sounds like my aunt or that voice sounds like my mother or my father or my sister. And I know that's true for me. I know that, you know, I once kind of figured out like, oh my God, I know what that voice is. That voice is so-and-so in my head telling me that, you know, I can't do it or it's not going to work. So um, I think it's super, super helpful to think about all right, what are the voices or, you know, for some people, the voices in your head thing does not work. If this is an analogy that does not work for you, think about the thoughts, the repetitive thoughts. So whenever I use the word voices, replace the, the word thought um, for you. But we all have these voices or thoughts in our brains that are kind of on repeat. Then when we get into certain situations, it comes up again. And a little bit of is, is, is habit, right? We formed a habit and an association between an event and a certain thought. Um, but for sometimes, you know, the event is, you know, brings up fear. And so then the we're more likely to hear that voice of fear in our heads. Okay. So let's talk through an example. So let's say you're going to um, an agility trial. It's your baby dog. They're entered a novice. It's their first trial. You know, you've prepared, you've entered, maybe your older dog's there trialing as well, but you've got your baby dog and novice. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes up. I think when we take a baby dog into a ring, there's expectations, there's our doubt, right? Are they ready? Um, are they trained enough? Will they like this facility? You know, the judge is a man or the judge is wearing a hat or whatever, whatever. Is that going to be an issue? There's just all of these things. And, and in part, in that moment, a lot of those things come up because, you know, with a baby dog, we have a lot of 
unpredictability, right? With a lot of things could happen. And a lot has happened in a novice ring. Uh, and that's true of every venue, of course. But let's just stick with agility for a second. And so we're wondering, we're doubting, we're processing. Um, or maybe we're confident, but then somebody says something like, oh, so did you see that judge? That judge's path is really wonky. He, he totally got in the way of my A-frame or whatever. And then now all of a sudden you have that voice. So we can see how we pick it up when we talk to people, right? So someone like a, like another competitor in that situation raises a concern that you weren't even thinking about, wasn't even on your radar, but all of a sudden you are thinking about it. So those voices can come from the outside in sometimes too. But what I'm really thinking thinking about is, all right, you're thinking about taking this dog into the ring. Now you're at the trial. Now you're preparing. What are the thoughts you're having? Are there thoughts or voices that are sort of on repeat? Do you have the voice that is like, oh, you shouldn't enter this dog. He's not ready yet. You know, Susie's dog was much further down the road at this age. And that dog was ready, but this dog really isn't ready. What are you doing here? I can't believe you entered, right? And those thoughts aren't coming from external. They're coming from, you know, like, you know, what what is like the... the, um, the call is coming from your own house, right? Um, they're literally coming from your own thought patterns, your own voices in your head. So you also are probably having a voice of excitement, like, oh my God, this is going to be so fun. Baby dog gets his first, you know, gets to walk in the ring for the first time. Oh, and I love this judge. This is great. Uh, or you could be having the like, um, oh my God, people are going to judge me. Everybody's watching me. I can't believe it. I was hoping novice would be at the end of the day. Everybody's still here. Oh my God. Um, and the whole spectrum, right? You can have, I mean, who knows what thought you were having in that moment. And the thing is, is that it's easier for us. We're actually programmed, like anthropologically programmed to look for danger. And it's, it's kept us alive, right? Because if we find the danger zones, now we know we can stay away. Now we know we're good. So even when we're feeling safe, we're always looking for danger to some extent because we want to know that we're okay, that there is no danger. We've looked for it. We've checked. We've looked under the bed. It's not there. We're good to go. So even when you get into new situations, and that's part of where ring nerves come from, is this thought of needing to look for something to go wrong because you need to know. You need to know where the danger is, okay? So much like that, you're going to have maybe all of these different voices or thoughts in your head. A lot of them may be around fear. Some of them may be excitement. One of them might be your trainer, your your coach, your instructor. Um, one of them might be your mindset coach. Um, these voices, your parents, you know, uh, friends, other people, right? And so you start to adopt these other thoughts as your own and you start to then lean into them right? Who hasn't gotten on a fear spiral? You know, oh my God, this could happen. Oh my God. And if this happens, then that could happen. And then my baby dog could have a bad experience. And like, oh my God, I don't want to have a bad experience. And like, oh my, and you haven't even like had your second cup of coffee, you know? So these voices can really get in our ways. And, you know, I think it's helpful to name the voices, right? And they don't have to be called like Shirley and Frank and, you know, Sally Sue. Um, But sometimes it's helpful to know that like, oh, that's the cheerleader talking. I need more from her. Or that's just fear talking. Or that's my Aunt Ida talking. Like, I need to hear less from her today because she's always worried about the weather, you know? Um, So you don't have to go to that extent. I don't. But I do go to the extent where I'm like, oh, 
that's fear. Or, ooh, that's doubt talking. Or, that is my cheerleader. And I do have a couple voices that represent people. Um, I definitely hear my dad, you know, in there. I definitely, you know, hear my mom in there. You know, they're on different sides of the table still. Uh, And, um, but I think it's important to name them. Because when we name something, we get some amount of power over it. And if you think about your own name and someone knowing your own name, that's true too, right? To to know someone's name is to be able to call them, right? So someone, you're in a, a crowd or something and someone says your name, they might not even be looking for you. Maybe there's another one of you. And then, but you turn and you're kind of like, I'm turning, but like, who knows me here? You're almost like offended. Like, who knows me here? How could that possibly be that someone would have the power to turn my head and make me look? So when we give things a name or we at least identify them, we are able to get some objectivity back. We're able to stand back from the thought a little bit and really look at it. Right. So if I name one of my thoughts, your, my, you know, my, my recurring thoughts or my voice in my head, whatever I want to call it, if I name it, oh, that's doubt. Got it. I, I just, even in saying it, even in identifying it, I can step back from that. Right. Um, or that's, you know, poly panic. <laughs> right. So, you know, always looking that that catastrophic thinking that, you know, Kathy catastrophic like again don't go crazy on the names or do go crazy like whatever makes you happy I've talked to a lot of people who says it's actually easier to give especially the negative thoughts the names because it also kind of takes away a more even more of their power because now they're silly okay so just consider that when you are in a moment and you are you know maybe feeling it in your body or you're feeling all the thoughts what are you thinking Like, what specifically are you thinking? What are you worried about? Are you worried something is going to go horribly wrong? Are you worried your dog's going to get hurt? Are you excited that you're about to go have fun and you're happy to take your dog into the ring? Are you part excited, but then also this other part of you is like, okay, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Um, So what are those thoughts? Because when you start to parse them, you start to get more objectivity over them. And that's where the control comes back. That's where you can look and you can say, thank you, Mrs. Doubt. I don't, I hear you. Thanks for speaking up. I hear you have reservations. I don't need you right now. I need to think about, I need to go stand over in the corner with excitement and enthusiasm and my cheerleader. And I really need to remember that I actually know how to do this. Okay. So we can by getting that objectivity, we get we can step back, we can get some control back, and we can feel more in control of our thoughts, okay? The other thing that we can do is, kind of like I alluded to, when you turn it into, whether you name it or not, you can turn it into some sort of character, like some sort of cartoon character. I mentioned the monkeys before. You can turn it into animals or monkeys or cartoon characters. But again, what you're doing, especially for the negative thoughts, is you are like minimizing it. You know, a cartoon character is is silly. It's not as serious as a person, right? So you can even make it a caricature of itself or something like that. And then when you hear that thought, you start to associate it with that silliness. And then you start to say, well, that's dumb. I don't, I don't need to feel like that right now. That is not useful thinking. Look how silly that thought is. It's just crazy. I'm going to go, 
and stand over here again with the, the people who are cheering me on, right? So, you know, have a little fun with it, you know, take, make it into a cartoon character. The other thing that is related to that then is once you have a character or a voice or a thought or you've named it, now you have something to talk back to. And you can say like, screw you. Like, I'm not listening to you today. Like, or you might say, thanks for that. I did think about the weather. I did pack a raincoat. I'm as prepared as I can be, but I'm good now. I'll take it from here. Uh, the author, Elizabeth Gilbert, who originally wrote, well, not originally, it wasn't her first book, but she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. That's what she got super famous for. But she is a book called Big Magic that I just love and highly recommend. And in one of, um, in part of that book, and I will not do that, the context of it justice, but in part of that book, she talks about the role of fear. And she says, you know, fear is always there. She says, but the difference is, is fear, think about this. She's like, fear gets to be in the car with you. It's in the car. You're driving the car. It's, it's there. It's in the car. So are other emotions, right? But fear's in the car. The difference is, is fear doesn't get to drive. It doesn't get to change the radio station. It doesn't get to decide anything, but you know it's there. So I think that that's another part of when we talk back to something, we're like, great, thanks, fear. I see you. I see that you're worried, upset, doubtful, whatever it is, but I got it. Or depending on how you talk to your emotions, you might say like F off, you know, see you later, take a hike. I don't want to hear it, whatever. So think about that because again, once we have named it, maybe we've made it into something minimizing like a cartoon or something, then we can have a conversation with it and we can tell it what we really feel. But the same goes also true for the positive emotions. Like if you need encouragement, if you need, um, you know, a boost or some amount of excitement, talk to that one too and say like, hey, cheerleader, where are you? I need a little can-do attitude right now. I need to know that, you know, we're going to walk into that ring and we're at least going to have fun. Okay. All right. Another, um, another thing to think about when you do this is... Um, Think about what you want to promote and what you want to demote. And again, I think it's helpful to think about the people in the room sort of having seats, sort of assigned seats, depending on how useful they are to me, okay? Uh, The people I don't want to hear so much from can sit in the back. But think about the voices you want to promote. Because what you're learning from that in that moment is you're learning about the thoughts you need or the thoughts you crave or the support you crave or you want more of, right? I mentioned a second ago, like if you're feeling like you need a little encouragement, you need to say like, hey, to self, right? It's a way to talk to yourself, right? I need a little encouragement. I need this positive vibe. I need to remember that I can do this and everybody's had a baby dog at one time and what's the worst thing that happened? He gets the zoomies, he runs all over the ring, big deal. Won't be the first one, right? So it helps us understand and call up a more positive way of thinking. Okay. All right. Let me take a quick drink of water and I will be right back after this quick message. All right. I promised to make this super quick, but I've got to tell you what's going on in the Q membership. Each month we tackle a different theme. In April, for instance, we took a look at our program from what we feed to how we train. In July and August, the members are basically beta testing an entire masterclass on performing under pressure. And the last week of every month, we have a Zoom 
group coaching call where we talk about the theme of the month, but we also get personal in terms of, you know, if there's a challenge that one of the members is facing that they want to talk about. The link to the membership is always in the show notes and there's a monthly and annual option. If you choose the annual, please be sure to put in the code QPODCAST, all one word, at checkout to get an additional month for free. Just my gift for listening. And don't forget, when you sign up, you get access to all the content going all the way back to April 2021, so you can binge to your heart's content. All right, enough about that. Let's get back to the show. And we're back. Okay, so let's think about this through another angle. So let's talk about goal setting. So obviously as handlers with big dreams and big goals and big to-dos on our plates, we have a lot of goals and a lot of things we want to accomplish with our dogs. And when it comes to goal setting, I think one of the things I run into a lot is you know, I'll ask somebody like, oh, well, what's your big dream or what's your goal or whatever? And there's always a hesitation. Almost 100% of the time, there's a hesitation. And I think it's because they're already in their heads editing, right? Do you find, you ever do that? I know I do that a lot. But you like think about, well, how is what I want to say going to be received? Should I edit it? Should I say it any differently? Should I couch it? Should I minimize it? And of course, all this happens in like nanoseconds, right? You have all these like different thoughts and like, Oh, will I be judged or da 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 da? How da da da? And it's it's a lot. A lot flashes through your brain in an impressively small amount of time. And I think that happens with goal setting as well, right? I think that there are things that we want and things that we want to accomplish, and we don't know if we can or should or uh, if we should edit them or if we should you know, maybe maybe not be specific about the timing, maybe just put out there as, oh, that'd be nice, but not really want it. And inevitably, probably 100 out of 100 times, the reason for, the reason people are couching or hesitating or like maybe changing it a little bit is because somewhere there's a voice or a thought telling them they can't do it or they shouldn't want it or it's not okay to want that, or it's greedy, or whatever, okay? And people don't want to then pursue or talk about, maybe talk about out loud, maybe they'll have them to keep a goal to themselves but not share it, because they really don't want anyone else's opinions. And what's happening, I mean, I try to be a pretty safe space, you know, when I'm talking to my clients. Um, But I think what's happening is that somewhere there is someone in their history, in their heads, in a thought pattern, in a limiting belief that says they can't, shouldn't, won't, don't talk about it. And I have a number of people who've said, you know what, I just don't say anything to anybody. And I think that's okay. But I think there's a difference between not saying anything to anybody because um, you want to keep it to yourself and you just want it, this real, this goal to just be yours personally. And this just be this like amazing surprise and fabulousness when you achieve it, or that you are afraid of what the comments will be back. And I do think there's an in-between. I think the in-between is, look, I don't care what people think, but I just don't want to hear about it. And I think those that's a very healthy response because sometimes, you know, the most well-meaning person can say something to you, but it's a little off and it ends up being 
kind of triggery. And not triggery in a way that something was necessarily traumatic, but I mean, it triggers one of your own thoughts or one of your own fears about it, or maybe doubt in your mind about that goal. So when we set goals and we have goals and we go to achieve all things goal related, we need to really think about, are we being honest with ourselves, right? Truly honest and truly in our hearts for what our heart desires Is there any voice or thought or something that's coloring a piece of the goal, whether it's a time frame or whether it's whether or not you can get it done or not, or, you know, whether it's this particular dog because an instructor said, oh, that dog's wild or whatever, right? So is there something around your goal that is editing it in any way? All right. And I, you know, it's interesting even when I think about like getting mindset coaching, right? You know, mindset coaching, sports psychology, all of that, um, you know, is getting to be more and more mainstream in dogs, but even just outside of like elite athletes, you know, um, I think it's, it's starting to be really not only ex- accepted, but expected. And people are really starting to do that, right? So you're here, obviously you're in camp mindset. Um, But a lot of people, if you would tell them like, oh, I'm really working on my mindset, I'm really, you know, doing this or that or taking a masterclass or inner membership or something like that, you know, online courses, you know, there's more and more available to all of us. Um, Someone would have an opinion about that. And maybe you're like, you know what? I talk about a lot of things, but I don't talk about this that's okay. Sometimes we don't talk about our goals because it's really personal. And the more personal something is, the more vulnerable we can feel about it, right? I don't want someone else's opinion. I don't want to know how they feel. I've also had kind of a funny thing happen where people are like, I don't want to tell them I'm working on this because it's kind of my secret sauce. You know, I want to keep that as a, as a competitive advantage. And I just want to keep doing, you know, keep my head down, keep working the work, doing it and not let anybody know that this is, this is why I'm being successful or being more successful. So I think that, you know, the voices in our head have to be thought of when we're dealing with our mindset or in goal setting, because they could be influencing you and you not realize it. All right. I definitely have things that I don't tell my family until they are a done deal. I just don't. I, it, it changes it. It doesn't change the goal in that instance. It changes how I talk about it. Um, but what that also says to me is that I need to look for support elsewhere for my goals. And so that has to then become an active search, right? I have to do something about it. I can't just wish that someone would show up on my doorstep and become super supportive of my goals, right? If that were true, the Amazon delivery guy would be like my biggest fan. Um, so we have to think about those voices, those thought patterns, those limiting beliefs in goal setting. We also remember can have a goal to knock out a limiting belief or get better at managing those thoughts or voices or committee members in our heads and really make a concerted effort. Because once we have a stated goal like that, now we can start to work on the process goals or the skills that we need to practice and to get better at it and to get better at visualizing or replacing a negative thought with a positive thought or, you know, demotivate, demoting rather, 
yes, demoting, um, a, you know, negative, quote, voice or committee member and promoting uh, someone who's really positive and always in our corner. So when it comes to goal setting and when it comes to achieving, you know, those voices in our head, those limiting thoughts, those voices that say we can't or shouldn't or I knew that was going to happen, you know, we, we need to really spend, we need to first be aware. So that's step one. Just be aware. Just catch yourself and catch yourself. And if there's a thought that, a type of thought, like a theme kind of thing that's coming up a lot, see if you can't give it a name or minimize it in, with a cartoon or tell it to F off or something like that. And, but really have the self-awareness to know what's happening. That to know that, oh my God, there that thought is again. Why do I keep thinking, you know, an anvil or a piano are going to fall on me when I'm walking on the street, right? Where did I get that? Um, I know you all thought of a cartoon when I said that, but, um, but where did that thought come from? And kind of like, you know, pianos that fall from the sky, um, we pick it up along the way. Like I picked up that memory watching cartoons, right? So we pick up these things along the way, but it doesn't mean that they always serve us or they're serving that particular goal that we have. Um, you know, I have put as a goal to find more support for Moxie, from my relationship with Moxie. Um, and so then I'm actively seeking out people who could be helpful in that instead of people who are like, ah, I don't know, I don't know what you should do. It's just like that, or oh, you should just handle different, da, 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 right? And um, I, I think you, I wouldn't have had that had I not been aware that some of these other opinions were becoming my own, were, were sitting at my own table. Right. So that's another thing that can happen. Right. Outside opinions suddenly have a seat at your table and you keep hearing them over and over again. Right. Someone has an opinion about your dog from five years ago and yet you're still listening to them, even though that's not the same dog that he was five years ago. So we can pick up, you know, those of us who also take seminars or classes from people beyond our sort of core instructors, you, know, you can pick up a lot of opinions that way, too. And some of them are good and some of them are not so good. So it's learning who gets demoted and who gets promoted in your head when you really need to switch your thoughts into a more positive place. Because it's going to be nearly impossible to achieve your goals thinking all negative thoughts, right? And, and if you do achieve your goals, it probably isn't that fun uh, on the way. So I want you to really think about it this week as you are driving to your next trial, hopefully, or going wherever you're going, that when you have kind of quirky thoughts or like, oh, why did I think that? Or where's that coming from? Just sit with the thought itself for a minute and try to get some objectivity. That's really what we're going for. Once we have some objectivity, we have some space between us and that thought, and we can choose a different thought. Okay. All right. So yeah, we'll get to crawl around in your head a little bit. So um, this also is one of the lessons, the um, voice in your head is one of the lessons in my confidence masterclass, FYI. Uh, we go into a lot of other things too. And it in October is going to relaunch on Clean Run. So I'm excited about that in their digital library again. and uh, But it's always on my website. It's always available. So if you want to delve into this or other topics of ways to increase your confidence, that's always available to you. All right, but that's it for the voices in your head. Think about them, I guess, this week. It's kind of a weird thing to, to 
tell you to go do. Um, but just get some self-awareness, get some objectivity, you'll get some space, and then tell them to screw off if that's what you need to do. All right. See you next time. Have a great week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.